the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. Hey, welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. Hey, thanks for the cue card, by the way. It's right behind your head there, Pastor Sean. Well, that's right. That's right. (laughs) I don't have one, so I have to remember. Wait a minute. Who are we? Who who am I? Uh, My name is Baron Wiley. We're here with Pastor Sean Azaro. And uh, I tell you what, it feels like uh, August is apologizing for May, June, and July here. Yeah, well. You got some nice rain here at the amphitheater? It's been wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. We've been praying. And I just make sure I always stop and say, thank you, Lord. It's like we pray for things, and then it happens, and like, oh, aren't we lucky? No. No. We are very grateful. Got some great rain. So, Lord, keep it coming. Can I ask you a question here? You said grateful, gratitude, big part of yes. what you talk about all the time. What yes. are you grateful for today, Pastor Sean? Well, that's an easy one. Uh, uh, yesterday was my wedding anniversary. Aww. And yeah, um, yeah you know. What did you forget? Uh, nothing. 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 You did right this no, time? What, what's, wrong, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? No, of course I did. did. What did you do? No, we had a blast. We, we actually uh, we went to dinner, but we just we just kind of chilled. It's 35th anniversary. Yeah, 35th anniversary. Just, I am a grateful man. I shared that Sunday in both the messages, just how grateful I am and how the Lord's blessed me through my beautiful wife, Lori, and our marriage together, our kids. We just hung together, had a great day, and then had dinner. It was very nice. And it was just a day filled with gratitude. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. And what'd you get her? Dinner. Well, we went Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) You made her pay for it. That's nice. I mean, come come on. (laughs) Found a coupon. No, no, no. We we are going on a a couple significant trips. That's true. So we're putting all our anniversary love towards those. Exactly. Now, is she going to go with you to India? Oh, yeah. She she's very concerned about some things. There's some real issues, you sure. know. She's got some asthma and uh, just the air there. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the cities that is just not the highest quality. And she's just, you know, uh, this is a big adventure. Yeah. But we got a great ministry partner there. We're very excited, and um, they're doing an outstanding work. And we finally just needed to go sure. and be with them and spend some time with them. So we're really excited about it. I've never been, so I'm excited. Very cool. We're looking forward to that. We'll be praying for you. Uh, and again, a big week in the news. Uh, we are very blessed right now to have in the studio with us Dr. Ingrid Skop. Yeah. No, we're, we're really excited about Dr. Scott being with us. She's a board-certified OBGYN. She is with the Lozier Institute, and we're going to talk about something that's coming up on us, and a lot of people are getting a lot of angst over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dr. Scott, thank you for being with us. Thanks for being in the studio with us today. Well, thank you, Pastor Sean, for this opportunity. Oh, we are so grateful. Uh, a lot of people are getting a lot of angst over what we call the trigger laws because you know a lot of states, not just Texas, but a lot of states have had time frames that if Roe v. Wade is ever overturned, automatically certain prohibitions of abortion will go into play in different states. And they all differ a little bit, but we're starting to hear a lot of of chatter. And I mean, I guess we have ever since the ruling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you're addressing this, because you're actually trying to be real proactive with people and help them understand what's really happening. Well, I think I'm very excited because our country now has an opportunity to show how to care for women. 
for too many years, abortion has been sort of this fallback, like a woman's in crisis. And, oh, here you go. Here's This will reset the clock. Of course, it never mm-hmm. resets the clock. She lives with the knowledge that in a crisis, she ended the life of her child. And what an inadequate response to the difficult situations that people find themselves yeah. in. So, you know, Texas leads the way, I think, in we have this um, huge alternatives to abortion program. We have so many pregnancy resource centers, any women yeah. can here in San Antonio, which is lovely, um, that just walk alongside women right. in crisis to help them find the resources to, to bear their children. And in many cases, get the man involved. Yeah. Let it show him how to be a father. I and mean, that's how we need to be supporting women. In September of 2021, Texas actually was the first state to be allowed to enforce a pro-life law. Um, Roe v. Wade essentially made it almost impossible to do. And um, through a a, a sort of a a unique uh, method of enforcement. Um, And the interesting thing is, so that was a heartbeat law. Right. Yeah, we heard a lot about that. Prohibited abortion after the time that a heartbeat could be detected. But there wasn't confusion among the doctors. There wasn't the confusion that we're seeing right now. Suddenly, in the wake of Dobbs, the media, which overwhelmingly tend to be pro-choice, in lockstep began spreading um, misinformation, which has – it's confused the American public. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It's confused the doctors. And so whereas we weren't seeing doctors being unable to make a decision about how to care for a woman, in the wake of all this media – we're seeing doctors wring their hands and do nothing in many situations where they should be doing something. And it's been very unfortunate. Well, talk about the misinformation mm-hmm. uh, because I've noticed it. And it's just like statements they make that are just so obviously empirically not true. But yet but yet, they're making them statements as though they are. And I know a lot of people, they just follow whatever the media says. Whatever the media, oh, if the media says it, it must be true. Somebody must be saying What's What kind of misinformation are you seeing that, that would even confuse some doctors? Well, um, the most egregious thing is that a doctor can't care for a miscarriage. A miscarriage, by definition, means that the, the embryo or the fetus has passed away. Right. He's no longer living. So why would a law that prohibits the death of an unborn child have anything to do with the miscarriage. And yet I have seen uh, women coming into emergency rooms with clearly diagnosed miscarriages and being turned away and told, we can do nothing for you. You will pass it on your own. Wait a minute. You've actually seen that? I've seen that. Since Roe v. Wade was overturned? Yes. In the past couple of months, that that is not uncommon. And it's... Really? Right, right. And in, in actuality, the doctors... I don't think that they've read the Texas law because to me, the Texas law is quite clear. Mm -hmm. Doctors don't read the law, but they do read the newspaper. So they're letting the newspaper guide them in their medical management. Um, At Lozier, along with an attorney, we looked at all 23 states that have pro-life legislation. Right. Every single one of those laws allows an exemption. If something, if a, if a, an abortion is needed to protect the life of the mother, right? Fortunately, that's very, very rare. But every state allows it, so all of this misinformation is totally unwarranted. Mm. Um, a second situation that there's been a lot of confusion on is an ectopic pregnancy. An ectopic is a heartbreaking situation. It's almost all the time these are women who desperately want their child, right? But the child has implanted in a place where it cannot live mm. to be born alive. Usually it's in the fallopian tube. If it's allowed to progress, it can rupture the tube, and women have died of hemorrhage in that situation. So it 
every obstetrician knows this is a life-threatening situation. Mm -hmm. Every obstetrician knows that when it's diagnosed, it should be treated. And yet I'm hearing stories. I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard stories where doctors aren't sure if they can treat ectopic pregnancies. Mm. So that's, that's one of those things where it's hard to believe a doctor could get caught up in that kind of thing and think, and it's almost like it's an intentional. It's almost like it's an intentional, well, we don't want to, and so we're going to almost play dumb. I don't know if that's the case, but it just feels like how could you misunderstand that? If you're listening right now and just going, well, what's the big deal? You know, Roe v. Wade was a good policy, and, and you need to understand where we come from. As, as followers of Jesus Christ, we fully believe that every life is sacred and deserves protection. And when people say, well, we shouldn't make laws imposing our our morality on people. Well, all laws do that. You know, laws against murder are imposing our morality on people. Uh, the difference is what I think is those who are, who are pro-choice, those who think abortion should be legal, they have the burden of proof to show why a child inside the womb isn't worth protection, but a child outside the womb is. And so we really believe the scripture describes how we're fearfully and wonderfully made, how God formed us in the womb and how he had a plan for us before we were even born. Uh, life is a gift of God and we believe we don't believe it's ours to go ahead and take a life. So that's why this conversation is so important. And we're just so grateful for Dr. Scott being with us to discuss kind of from a medical perspective uh, what's really happening, what what really is going on. So, you know, we, we were talking about how doctors can be a, a little bit deceived or misguided in this, all this confusion. What kind of things do you guys do uh, at the Institute to try to help clarify, to kind of bring clarity to people? Well, our mission is education. Um, we, we call it science for life. So really, we're quite busy right now because there is quite a need for, for education. And every day we find ourselves be addressing a new question that we right. really wasn't on our radar screen. The reality is, you know, I people who are pro-choice, I, I just think that they're confused. They don't recognize the reality of how much abortion hurts women. Mm. Um, I mean, God designed women to bond with their children. And so a woman yeah. doesn't reject her child without a cost. So again, right. like I was saying earlier, there's just so many different ways we can support women that don't involve saying, this is your choice. You can you can end the life of your child. Can, um, can, we ask, mm-hmm. can I ask you just to follow mm-hmm. up a little bit on that? Describe, you're, you're a, a doctor, an OBGYN. Describe the... The, some of the baggage that a woman who's been through an abortion can carry, just some of the physical or emotional, even spiritual weight that, that is created because of an abortion. I think most women who choose abortion kind of fall into it as a knee-jerk response to their crisis. I think right. in many cases they don't fully think it through. And that's why we've seen states that put into place maybe a 24-hour waiting period or an ultrasound law their abortion numbers go down dramatically because anything that kind of slows a woman down in that process is likely to perhaps change her mind. Um, So so she may be in a crisis. She may pursue this action. And her initial uh, response is relief. The crisis is behind her. But what we've seen is that over time, maybe it's years later, maybe it's when she's pregnant with a desired child and sees that child on ultrasound and recognizes, yeah. wow, yeah. you know, I mean, she didn't, didn't know what she was doing. She didn't, didn't really think it through. Um, sadly, many women, the child they abort is the only pregnancy that they ever mm. have. That was their only mm. chance at motherhood. So, it, you know, if she deals with infertility later or pregnancy loss, how heartbreaking yeah. in retrospect to, to realize that. 
it's it's hurt Americans socially. I mean, the fact that we have this narrative of her body, her choice has left many men disaffected. Right. And they say, if if it's her choice, which way she wants to go, why should I even be involved? And we've seen, um, paradoxically, the rates of single motherhood have skyrocketed since we allowed abortion mm. to begin. In 1970, it was only 11% of babies born outside of wedlock. Currently, it's 40%. Wow. And in some minority populations, it's close to 70%. Mm. So we have an epidemic of fatherlessness that I would argue yeah. it has been facilitated by abortion and by allowing men not to bear the responsibility of fatherhood. Well, it makes sense. If it's her body, her choice, then yeah, I, I don't have any involvement. But if you recognize, no, no, that's another person's body, and we together were used by God to create that body. Mm-hmm. Procreation, we get to share in God's gift of creation. So we together are responsible. Right. Absolutely. And because it, it's not her body, it's not a, it's not an organ in her body. It's not her liver or her spleen. Right. It's a it's another that totally different DNA. It's another person. And so when you understand that, I think then for a, a father, whether you're married to the mother of this child or not, you recognize, oh, wait a minute, that child, I'm responsible and I'm a part of that. And it automatically puts you, I think, a responsible person in kind of engage mode. It's going to be difficult, I think, with these laws going into place because we have had that as our escape hatch for so long. But I am very optimistic that it won't be long. And we've seen this in international studies. It won't be long before women modify their behavior that we see people using more. There are more and less effective methods of contraception. So we're going to see Mm -hmm. people, you know, already people are very interested in IUDs and sterilization because of the change in the law. But, But more importantly, the modification of behavior. So a woman has an excuse when she's out on her first date to say no, uh, you know, it, yeah. and, and unfortunately, because women haven't had that out, I think too many of them have given in to actions mm. that they perhaps did not want to, but just did not have a good excuse for right. not engaging in. Yeah, no, that makes such perfect sense. Okay, so August 25th, trigger law. So what's going to be different on August 26th? What what happens? What changes? Well, um, so our, our prior law... Uh, um, Prohibited abortion after a heartbeat could be detected, which actually occurs at about six weeks gestation. So it does occur very early. This current law will prohibit all abortions. So even the few that were um, being performed um, in that a heartbeat had not yet arisen Mm -hmm. or was not yet detectable, those will be prohibited as well. Mm. Um, So it is closing down the abortion facilities. um, Mm. As as we discussed earlier, the law makes an exception um, if an abortion is needed for the life of the mother. But the good news is that is hardly ever needed. Right. Most of the time um, when a pregnancy threatens a woman's life, this may be a condition like preeclampsia or eclampsia, mm-hmm. severe hypertension. It could be that the uh, amniotic sac has ruptured too early and the woman is at risk for infection or, for an, or is already infected. In those situations, they're heartbreaking, obviously, um, but sometimes it is necessary to separate a mother from her child. Right. But a direct abortion is hardly ever needed. Abortion, by definition, the aim is a dead baby. Mm. That's, that's a legal definition. That's a medical definition. If she needs to be separated from her child because the pregnancy poses a risk to her life, I, as her obstetrician, can do that. I can induce her labor. If appropriate, I can do a C-section I can deliver the baby, and 
right now, um, in a 40-week pregnancy, at about the 22nd week, a baby can make it mm. in many cases because our NICUs are fabulous. Right, right. And so we can deliver the baby. We can resolve the health crisis for the mother. Many, many times the baby makes it. Even if the baby is too young or too sick to live, the mother can hold the baby. She can grieve the baby. It's a much more caring way yeah. than to do the abortion procedure at that stage is a dismemberment procedure. Mm. We can't even give her her baby to mourn. Right. Um, so the state allows an abortion if needed, but I would argue it's hardly ever needed. Um, an ectopic pregnancy, as I mentioned earlier, has never been considered an abortion. Right. Um, and, and now, of course, even Planned Parenthood had this information on their website, which they recently removed. In order to continue with the misinformation. But but prior to it being a political issue, they acknowledged an ectopic pregnancy treatment is not an abortion. Right. That's interesting. So what about what about and people a lot of people ask about this uh, rape and incest, which, of course, I consider in the situation of, of, you know, rape, for example, uh, there are two victims and the answer is not to kill one of the victims. Right. Right. Uh, there's someone who perpetrates a crime and then there's a, a woman who is, who is a victim and then there's a child now who is a victim. But yet a lot of states allow, uh, their laws will allow for exceptions for rape and incest. What about Texas? Do you know? Texas, I believe does. But again, these issues are so complex. Right. We can't really say this is the situation that's going to be the best for everyone, but we should acknowledge that an abortion in that situation is an act of violence right. on the baby and on the woman. So mm. she's being subjected to a second act of violence. Mm. And there's just so many care. Well, first of all, as a society, we could decide that we're going to punish crime in a proportional manner instead right. of a, a, a slap on the wrist and allowing many of these things to happen right. without without the de- deterrent of of a strict punishment. Some serious so we need we yeah. need to get serious on it. But even some small studies have looked at women who have conceived in rape and only about half of them end up having abortions. So many, many women do carry. It's right. it's usually assumed that everyone would want to to have that abortion, but many women are not willing to perpetuate the violence that has been perpetuated on them. And in many cases, they have beautiful stories. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they give the children for adoption, but sometimes they raise them. And um, one woman said, she said, I may not know who the father of my baby is, but I know who his mother is, and mm. it's me. Mm. And how could I perpetuate that violence on oh, my own good. child? So that's a very, I mean, again, not, you know, not everyone, no one needs to feel guilty if they did not choose that option. But I think we should recognize that that could be yeah. a more emotionally healing option sure. than the other. And whether, whether it's an adoption, that's a happy ending. Because mm-hmm. there's a couple who's unable many times to be able to have a child, right. now have a child they can love and care for and raise. Or the mother decides to pour that love and raise that child. And so either of those is a happy ending. Right. Now, as we sit and think about, um, you know, there's listeners right now and like, okay, how can we respond to this? I mean, what can we do to help clear this up? Where can we get more information so that when someone says, oh my gosh, you, if you go in for miscarriage, it's an abortion, they can't help you. Where can we, where can we help? Well, it's definitely useful to uh, educate yourself. So um, where I work, um, LosierInstitute.org has quite a bit of medical information. Um, There is an organization called the American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, Mm. um, AAPLOG.com. They have some amazing 
practice bulletins and committee opinions and and, and other uh, great sources of information. Mm. For the situation here in Texas, what needs to happen is the State Board of Medical Examiners needs to provide some guidance. Many of these medical organizations have been silent, mm. and that is inexcusable. Doctors need support. They need guidance right now. They're afraid. They're yeah. afraid that they will be charged with a felony if they make the wrong decision. But while they're sitting back being afraid, they're not treating women in many yeah. cases the way that women should be treated. Um Likewise, many of the hospital systems, it was belated, but I'm now seeing the hospital systems starting to provide guidance for their physicians. Mm. Um, You know, there's, again, it's rare, but there are multiple circumstances that might require an intervention. So I don't think we're going to be able to make a uh, algorithm that doctors can follow, but there is guidance from professional societies. These hospital systems can have um, committees that can meet at a moment's notice in case there is a situation that is not clear. And a committee of doctors, based on their medical knowledge, can make the right choice. That's how medicine's always been practiced, and that's how it should continue to be practiced. Nothing needs to change because of these laws. Well, I think that's just. I think that's wise, and I think it's. You, it should be common sense. But obviously, over the last few years, we saw with the COVID pandemic the politicization of of medical advice and doctors who who didn't really who were very uncomfortable with the lockdown strategy and all the negative consequences that were coming were were bullied into silence many times and afraid. Oh my gosh, it's, I'm going to be called misinformation if I say anything or post anything. I'm going to be you know banned. So I, I just think the politicization of everything. I mean, it's not, it, but creeping into medicine is particularly difficult. Uh, Dr. Scott, thank you so much for being with us. We sure appreciate it. It's a great, great information. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing? Um, well, I, again, I work for the Charlotte Lozier Institute. It's L O Z I E R Institute. Uh, and um, you're welcome to email me, iscop at org. Well, thanks again for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Very timely, very important. Thank you, Sean, for having this conversation, sir. Oh, it was great. And she's unbelievably informed. I love hearing from a medical doctor who's a specialist. But she's also, I mean, really has done the work to figure out all the legislative stuff and all the the legal pieces that that are being kind of sorted out. So, you know, and she shared stuff with us off the air regarding, you know, people obviously are still going out of state. Mm-hmm. You know, there's uh, options to go out of state. There's medical abortions that people are doing. They literally order pills. She particularly said from like Mexico mm. um, and that that can kind of create an abortion uh, with mixed success, she pointed out. But so all these different dynamics are happening. And uh, our, our our point is, hey, we want to we want to follow the Lord. We want to share his word. We want people to know that, man, when we put our trust in the Lord, um, he'll walk us through whatever. And maybe you're listening to this and you're in a situation where you have a unplanned pregnancy and, you know, you or your girlfriend or even wife and you're like panicked and going, what are we going to do? I, I just want to encourage you. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. I've seen God do such powerful, miraculous things for people. And we just trust him even when it's hard. You know, that's, that's when he does his best work, when we trust him through hard things. And I just want to encourage you, um, you know, we as a church are very much committed to trying to help anybody who's walking through these kind of things. I know lots of other churches in the city have the same, same desire. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't just want to be those people who are, well, we're against abortion. No, we're for women. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, however we can help you and point you the right direction, walk with you through this, we want to do that. 
uh, great conversation. Yeah. Again, thank you for so much for having it. And uh, Dr. Ingrid Scott, you saw this on a resume. We didn't actually get to say this, but uh, she's delivered over 5,000 babies in this town. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, that was the real deal. Yeah. And so now she's doing something on a national level that's real special. So and that's coming right out of San Antonio, Texas here. Pretty cool. Yeah, and just check them out. It's the Lozier Institute, mm-hmm. uh, org. You know, I just mm-hmm. think there's a, resor- a wealth of resources there. And I think we, we need to be willing to communicate, mm-hmm. right? They're doing frontline stuff, but we also need to be able to educate ourselves and communicate so that we can help people cut through all the confusion. Yeah. This is the part of uh, Real Life, Reaching for Real Life here, Pastor Sean, where I ask, are you teaching this weekend? Well, you know, Baron, I am. That's right. We're going to be wrapping up the uh, Thanks for Sharing series before I head out to India. So we've, you know, you know, yeah. that's... Uh, that's uh, where we're going, what we're doing. So, but it's going to be a great weekend. Looking forward to it. All right, very good. I got to ask you though, India. What is the goal? What are you? Is it a, is it evangelistic, or are you in a certain uh, city? I, I am going to be doing more leadership development stuff. Ah, okay. They have a group of pastors there that they. I mean, large equipping group of the pastors, saints. So I'm going to be equipping, but I'm also just just being there. To support, we we are very involved in this ministry, mm-hmm. and so we send money. We sent we've sent teams. Um, you know, some of their people have been with us. We've been with them. So um, I just want to go spend time with them, support what they're doing. Yes. Uh, I'll be preaching. I'll be meeting with some leaders that they're ministering with. Um, but I just want to encourage Nitin and Ruth Sardar, who are such amazing ministers and servants on the ground there in India. Can someone go to reachingforreallife.org and uh, and support this ministry, the, the, your missions projects here with the church? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you can you can do that. You can go to our uh, you, you can go to our website and go you know online giving, and there's a, a drop down menu, and you can give to the missions projects that are available at the time. You can give to our general. Obviously, we support them out of our general. Yeah. So wow. if you want to support, you can always give and just designate a gift and say, hey, I want to give to you know the India ministry, and you can just do that. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Pastor Sean, would you close us in prayer? I think it's very important. Yeah, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this conversation. I pray that you would bless Dr. Scott and just bless their work there at the Lozier Institute. And I just ask, Lord, that you would use them powerfully. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be people who speak the truth in love and walk in obedience to you each and every day. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com